Good morning and welcome. You've got Dustin and Sarah here in the studio. Sarah, how are you this morning? I feel like I'm just a ball of negative energy, man. Well, let's kind of work through some of that because, you know, they say it's good to talk about. I think (laughs) it's good for people out there. Uh, The struggle is real, basically. The automotive industry as a whole is in turmoil, just like the rest of the world. Yep. Uh, The shelves are bare, hashtag something, something, something there. Uh, As far as, I guess, what we need to talk about, I have a lot of folks like in my, I guess, world or bubble that are looking for vehicles at this at this moment. Stacy and I actually were talking about a new truck for me last night. And don't do it. <laughs> I'm I'm slated for like three years out before I'm ready. Yep, don't do it. So, it's a hard struggle to find something that is is good and reliable. It's unbelievable right yeah. now. And I mean, there's a, we've been to a lot of dealerships the last couple of weeks. Um, for those who don't know, maybe they missed the show last yeah, week. Yeah, good um, point. Yeah, it was la- I think it was last week. My husband's Ford Ranger blew up on the way to work at yep. four o'clock in the morning gave up the ghost yeah so the the truck was a 1996 ford ranger it was 25 almost 26 years old um and she really uh put in the effort yeah. she had over 317,000 miles wow. on her so that's awesome yeah um but yeah we've been looking for a new to us vehicle if you will and there is just really there is nothing out there and we have searched multiple dealerships and it's just there's things out there but in our price range and the mileage that Mm -hmm. we're kind of looking for the age it's it's really difficult we've got very slim pickings well and there's there's so much demand right now i mean i i i I'm not in the dealer world, but being I'm in the automotive world, I know many, many folks across, you know, kind of the borders, if you will. Um, they're selling them before they uh, before they are unloaded off the transport. They have a list. I know uh, here in Springfield, some of the Youngblood facilities, they had, I think, like 10 or 11 cars show up, and, and all of them but one were sold before they were unloaded off the transport. That doesn't surprise me. It is just incredible. Absolutely incredible. And private party sales, you know, you know, you know, somebody are are just it's almost like people won't wait in order to buy them. Um, So that as as, you know, you've been a part of the show for a long time. I've talked about some of the consequences when you get frustrated and you're like, I'm just sick of looking or I'm sick of this and I can't find a vehicle. So you just buy the next one out of kind of necessity. And then you're saddled with the consequences. And so right. hopefully we can help you all through well, that. Well, you know, we haven't even really made it to that part That's yet. That's true. Um, just because the the pickings are so slim right now. But, I mean, we're in a position where we just purchased a, a house and yeah. our savings are somewhat depleted. We're, yeah. you know, in the process of trying to save back up. Sure. And we really can't afford picking the wrong vehicle so yeah definitely a pre-purchase inspection is on the book when we find something that's worth looking at yeah it's it's crazy so there's a a a technician out in georgia i kind of keep tabs with and he's lead tech at an independent shop out there and his truck actually he got uh hit and run on his personal truck here and it wasn't like totaled or anything but pretty much run all the way down the driver's side and i think he said it was like an f650 so it was a big 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 truck and uh, he actually, um, he bought his, or he sold his to Carvana. They paid like top dollar, even though it was wrecked. And, and you take photos and send them pictures and tell them about the truck. And they, they paid top dollar for that really? truck, even though it was wrecked. He uh, was debating on a three-quarter ton 
and he said the three quarter tons were selling sight unseen. People were buying them without photos, without videos, or seeing them in person. Which I'm like, I I personally cannot process that. There's no way I would buy a truck sight unseen and you know deal with whatever the consequences but the demand is so high right now people are just rolling the dice no kidding hey speaking of carvana yeah we did a show i don't know it was probably a couple months yeah. ago and we were talking about buying vehicles online yeah. and uh we were joking about the, how they do like a quote-unquote car vending machine mm -hmm. well back in september the husband and i we took a like a weekend trip up to kansas city oh, okay. and they have a carvana up there and yeah. i was gonna take a picture of it but it was um it was like a weird exit off of the highway, mm -hmm. so I couldn't get close enough. Ah. They actually are in like a car <laughs> vending machine. That's I, incredible. I thought it was just some kind of, um, you know, like wordplay. Marketing make it, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, they are actually in, mm -hmm. quote unquote, a car vending machine. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, we don't have one here, but as to your point, there's one in Kansas City and one in St. Louis, I know, which are big hubs as I looked online. Um, and they do a pretty good job as far as like putting photos and that kind of stuff. But I have dealt with auction cars for years where people buy them or dealers buy them and they bring them in. And it is a complete gamble. I mean, you might as well be at the roulette table rolling the dice, you know, to see what you got there. And I realize roulette is not played with dice. I get it for everybody out there. But uh, the point is, is it's a crapshoot is the bottom line. And when you're dealing with a market right now, even if you're buying a used vehicle, you know, you're talking, you're getting something 10 to 15 years old and they want 20 grand for the stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. So we're seeing a lot of folks right now fix what they have. Um, the day of, well, that repair costs more than it's it's worth is kind of out the window right now because what it's worth is, is almost irreplaceable because you lose your vehicle now. Um, it is it is unbelievably hard to replace it. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You're probably like, yeah, we know all about it. But this is for all of you out there that look, you know, keeping yourself in good transportation um, because there's just not a lot of offerings. And my, I don't want to say prediction, but I think we're probably still a year, year and a half, maybe two years from this finally getting to be more manageable part availability, vehicle availability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I know that's probably not your time frame. You're not going to wait two years to get a vehicle, I'm sure. No, we got to have it, and we got to have it really soon. Well, since we're talking about um, new cars mm -hmm. and pre-owned, things like yeah. that, I found this Fox article, and I thought, oh, this is perfect. Um, the title of it is, The Average New Car Price Hit a Record $45,000 yeah. in September. Yeah. Kelly Blue Book and said SUVs and pickups are driving the price increase. Wow. And, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me no. all that much. Much, but I thought I'd read a couple points from sure. it. They say a new study from Kelly Blue Book found that the average price paid for a vehicle in September is an all time record of $45,031. They also say that midsize SUV sales jumped in September compared to August, and full size pickup trucks also shared the move. It is the sixth straight record month, according to Kelly Blue Book's data. And they also mention um, other vehicles that have been going up in price, too. They talk about Cadillacs. Mm -hmm. They said that their prices have increased up to 51.2% uh, wow. compared to September of That's 2020. That's a huge increase. Mm -hmm. And then Tesla has also steadily increased with a 1.5 increase over every 
like uh, month of the year. Mm-hmm. So just found that kind of interesting. It's interesting you bring up Tesla. Um, I think Tesla and Ford both have shut down their manufacturing right now because they can't get supply for parts for their manufacturing, which I think is pretty incredible. But they are, uh, along with everybody else, I think we're going to start seeing that. I know GM did that here a little while back where they just quit producing them. They were producing them incomplete, you know, with the parts they just hopefully get and plug in and ship out. But that's pretty much gone by the wayside. So, um, you know, the importance of, you know, what you own at this point and maintaining it. And we had, we think we got just a few minutes, but I'm going to allude to the next one. We had a listener and I think it was from a couple weeks ago, and we're finally getting to it, so sorry for it being so slow. They were concerned about fluid services, mainly Valvoline, which is a product. I know we talked a little bit about that. Um, but I read through the rest of it, and they were talking about differential transmission, replacing um, uh, the filter and any kind of debris in the bottom of that, um, and and basically being able to protect it even if it has dirty fluid. And what I got to thinking about this, and I don't know if we can get into this now or we're going to have to, I wanted to hear, Sarah, what your uh, kind of perception of maintenance and how you think about that, you know, because everybody knows about oil changes. That's like the main thing, and that's good and important. But if you drive it until the engine gives out, transmission gives out, rear differential transfer case, and I can go on and on and on. This this question here is specifically about a complete maintenance package. So I wanted to see kind of what your thoughts about that were. I mean, I am one of those people where I didn't used to take mm-hmm. good care of my vehicle. I would do the bare minimum. You know, the oil changes, um, the occasional tire rotation. Yeah. And then when something would break, I would fix it. Uh, I have since overhauled my thought process and I am all for maintenance. I'm one of those people where um, I am not made of money. I cannot go out and buy a brand new vehicle today. If my car broke down, I would have a panic attack. I'd figure it out, but it would be very stressful for me. You know, I've mentioned, you know, we just purchased a house and um, I am a college student or Mm -hmm. a college graduate. And so I've got... You know, the average kind of debt that other people do, the house payment, the the college loans, you know, a little bit of credit card debt, car payment, all of that. Basically life, just like everybody. So um, I am fully of belief that if you can pay a little bit extra Mm -hmm. to keep your car maintained and keep it on the road a little bit further so you don't have to go out and buy a new vehicle um, and have to worry about that stress, that is my thoughts and my philosophy on it. Well, and what I think is, is, is folks, they're not, they don't do a good job, you know, in general teaching folks that, you know, a little bit of maintenance goes a long way and, and pretty much people think that oil changes are maintenance and they are. Uh, but I want to talk about the rest of the vehicle and keeping you guys on the road after we come back from the break. You've got to stand for something or you fall for anything. You've got to be your own man. Welcome back. We've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. And we're keeping it real today, I guess, is the best way that I can put it. You know, we have we always try and share, um, you know, basically a look behind the curtain, if you will, of the automotive industry and what's going on to where you guys hopefully 
are more informed or at least aware of some of the moving parts and that when you're in a situation where you need service or, or you know, in, in Sarah and her husband's case, they're looking for a car, truck, van, SUV, whatever you can put in the blank there, that you are informed and hopefully at least aware that there's some things going on and you're not caught off guard. Um, you know, I've been talking about buying a new truck for years at this point, and I'm going to, um, but I'm in a position at this point where, you know, the market is crazy and, you know, I'm just going to wait a little while, but you guys are hot and heavy and, and we're going to have to be really diligent to make sure that you guys end up with a good vehicle long-term because the last thing you want is to buy a pre-owned vehicle get it you're excited about it and then all of a sudden you're saddled with whatever uh neglect if you will has been happened or you know wasn't taken care of before you owned it yeah now you've got that and a payment to go along with it yeah so so where you want to avoid that yes for sure so we were kind of alluding to like as you got and we're coming into the industry um industry i guess that's a wrong word as you were becoming a driver sarah what uh, what kind of schooling, I guess, or, or education did you get that, hey, here's a car, here's the responsibility, um, take care of it? How did that look for you? I really feel like it's probably the average um, thing that yeah. everybody kind of goes through. Mm-hmm. Make sure to check and change your oil. Yep. Uh, make sure that you every once in a while check and change your fluids mm-hmm. or have them changed for you. Um, you know, make sure you keep gas in it and yep. don't let it run on empty. Yep, yep. Make sure you get your tires changed every once in a while. And that's really about it. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. I think for the lion's share of folks out there, that's what they get. And then they get uh, what I would consider the school of hard knocks to where, okay, you do all that, but then something happens with the transmission or the engine or the brakes or whatever you can fill in the blank there. And those lessons are very expensive typically, and that's uh, a real rough spot to be. I came uh, from the other side of that coin. Um, I didn't come from a super wealthy family. My mom and dad did a great job. They raised us up. We had food, etc. cetera. Uh, but there wasn't a ton of disposable income. So what I did is I uh, wheeled and dealed around for like the two and $300 vehicles that nobody else could keep running or had given up on. And basically, you know, hey, this is this old pickup or this old Jeep. Uh, I think I had a Bronco 2 for several years that, uh, you know, was broken when I got it. Pretty much everything I have ever bought for the most part, with the exception of my tractor, was broken uh, to the point that people had given up on it or decided that they didn't want to do anything with it. And then I ended up with it, and that's how I ended up with transportation. So what that taught me at a very young age, even before my technical training, was that, hey, I'm driving some some jalopies or some clunkers, and I bet over the years I've had bought, sold, fixed, and, uh, you know, bubblegummed and band-aided together probably well over 100 vehicles. And I'm not all that old, by the way. Um, so the importance of not breaking down is absolutely ingrained in me. It's ingrained throughout our company, A1 Custom Car Care, and that extends out to our extended family that we take care of your fleet of vehicles, whatever they may be. And so with that being said, 
a lot of folks would think as a repair shop or a repair facility uh, such as A1 Custom, we like broken cars. And, and don't get me wrong, I enjoy fixing things and getting them working back uh, to the point that they were performing well, if not better. That's our goal as a company. Um, so why would we want to maintain or prevent some of that stuff? And the bottom line is I enjoy avoiding problems. Okay. We're in the problem business as a company. A1 Custom is obviously typically when somebody comes to see us, it's because most things didn't work as they should. So we'll gladly take care of that. But what we do differently than other facilities is we want you to get as many trouble-free miles out of your vehicle as possible. And the way we go about that is our digital vehicle inspection, our vitals inspection, um, which is basically what you get when you go into a healthcare facility as a person. They're going to check your pulse, your blood pressure, height, weight. You know, you, you've all been through that. We're basically approaching that same mindset is, hey, maybe we can prevent some of these failures and and costly, expensive uh, repairs if we just do some maintenance, okay? So what does that look like to you? It's not selling or you buying additional services and spending that extra money. It's always cheaper to maintain and be proactive to fix those stalls or uh, crank no starts or, or, or no crank no starts than it is to have it towed in and have something broken. So for instance, right now it's getting a little cooler out there. We're seeing fall come in uh, across the country. This This is not just here in the Midwest. And we're seeing a lot of battery replacements right now. If you don't attend to your battery in a timely manner, Typically, it ruins your alternator. So I would like to at least recommend that, hey, you get your battery checked once in a while. Our stores and facilities do it all the time. And don't wait until it leaves you stuck somewhere to have to put a battery in something. Because as that battery decayed, it's it's stressed your alternator out. And a lot of times, that's when I see failures as a pair. Yeah, it comes in for a battery problem. But when I test the starting and charging system, I find that the damage has already been done to the alternator. And now you have amplified the cost of that repair. And I can do this with with many systems throughout the car. I don't want to bore everybody out there. What I want to explain or my main point in this segment is that if we maintain it, it will always be cheaper than if we have to repair it. So if you start noticing a noise that it didn't make before, if you start feeling something that it didn't do before, if you notice when you go to crank the car up first thing in the morning, it sounds different than it has before, you know that car the best out of everybody because you're in and out of it typically daily. And when something changes, the longer you put it off, the more it affects the rest of the vehicle the more damage that it creates throughout more of the systems and all of that equals more cost out of your pocketbook, bank account, credit card, whatever financing that we offer to try and make it as easy as possible for you to keep your vehicle that you already own, you've already paid taxes on and not have to struggle with trying to figure out how to replace it. God forbid something catastrophic happens. Now, I've talked about this many, many times over the years, um, and I do this because it's a better approach to automotive repair 
than just waiting for it to break, waiting for it to fail. The days or or the time period of vehicles, you know, to where you could get an engine put in for a thousand bucks are gone. Transmission, etc. Um, automotive repair in the automotive industry has gone through an amazing increase in, in even the 20 years that I've been doing this professionally. Um, you know, what you could buy a set of brake pads for and rotors, et cetera, et cetera, and you can fill in the blank. It doesn't just pertain at this point to automotive repair. The cost of everything's going up. So how do we get or, you know, not just be gloom and doom and look at the negative part of it? Um, everybody's heard all the garbage about transitory inflation, et cetera, et cetera. Things are costing money. So let's be on the front side of that and proactive and not just lay down and allow, um, you know, it to get out of hand to where the cost all of a sudden would have been a few hundred bucks, but because we didn't take care of it in a timely manner, now it's a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks, eighteen hundred bucks, ten thousand dollars. Uh, you know, and and I'm not being dramatic, and hopefully this doesn't come across as, you know, oh it's gloom and doom. I'm not a negative type person. What I am is somebody that wants to be aware of what's going on not just in the automotive industry. In general, I like to be informed. We try and share as much of that information with you here on this platform because, you know, in uh, in America here, uh, people like to drive. Fuel economy or fuel cost is going up. Fuel economy is very important. I've been through this already. I saw this happen when gas was well over $4 a gallon. Um, there's some folks that I keep in touch with that are out in California. They're already there. I think 430, 435 a gallon is what they're paying for regular unleaded um, right now, which is unbelievable. You know, it hasn't been but a couple years. I remember seeing a dollar thirty a gallon here in Springfield, Missouri. I miss those times. It doesn't do me any good to, you know, whine and complain about that. What does us good is trying to figure out how we get the most bang out of our buck and keep things going and not have to dip into, you know, other parts of our budget. Um, I'm not a budget person typically. I should be. I need That's one of my personal things I need to work better on. Um, but it's hitting all of us right now where maybe you had that fun money or that extra money. If you're spending it at the pump right now, um, let's see how we can do and deal with that as much as possible because I don't think that this is going to end anytime soon. I believe that this is uh, definitely something people are benefiting from, and it's not you and me that's benefiting from this. Somebody's making some serious jack off this, and we're paying for it. So how do we fight back, if you will? Um, and it's taking care of our cars, vehicles, and doing the very best we can. But we're down at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take another break. Sarah and I will be back right after this. Welcome back. We've got Dustin, Sarah, A1 Custom Car Care. I am going to shift gears a little bit into a current event situation that I personally dealt with at the shop. Um, we have three locations, two in Springfield, one out in Republic. Got an amazing team. I get a lot of phone calls with people looking directly for me. I'm sure it's because I spend our Saturdays, Sarah and I do here, uh, with you all, kind of letting you know what's going on in the shops. And this is basically a what's going on in the shop segment. 
So I was in a situation where we had some folks that had taken their vehicle to a few different facilities, not our location, somebody else's. There are a lot of good shops around Springfield area, outlying areas, by the way. Uh, But there are some shops that are really struggling because the industry is getting more difficult by the day. And if you don't embrace change or be able to adapt and grow to whatever industry you're in, it is going to pass you by and you're going to struggle and eventually it will push you out, um, whether it's your choice or the industry's choice. And A1 Customs definitely not going to let that happen. I love this industry. I'm very thankful to be surrounded by an amazing group of folks that also love this industry. And that's typically on our day-to-day who you're going to deal with. Uh, But this particular instance happened to be a friend of a friend who I don't actually know personally. Um, I couldn't pick them out of a lineup, but they had been to two other facilities. One of them um, did a good job figuring out what was wrong with the vehicle, but didn't do a good job explaining how they could help fix their car. So they left because they didn't trust the, the diagnosis, if you will, or how they were going to get and take care of the problem. They went to another facility, which uh, represents themselves in a very professional and positive manner. Um, they sold them a service that didn't help their problem. And then they called me or, or texted and got a hold of me, and I booked them some time to get in. And ended up, um, the thing that they had serviced, the part was already damaged, and it was about a $2,500 repair. So, Miss Sarah, I want to ask your opinion on this. Sure. So when you go to a facility and they they diagnose the problem, but you're not confident in it, you typically get a second opinion, right? Would That's that right. be normal? Well, you go to the second place and they sell you probably about a, I think they charged them $125 to look at it. And they probably charged them a couple hundred dollars to change the fluid in it and said, we don't know if this helps, send you away. How does that make you feel? No. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me sick to my stomach. I know. It I does mean, you're me taking too. it to an expert to have it properly diagnosed. And I know that things can happen where mm-hmm. if you have all of these things that are wrong, it could be maybe one or two things. Sure. But I just, uh, no. I think the perception is, and, and I have people call and like kind of price check us from time to time, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, we have our ways that we handle it. A lot of times, you know, until I look at it, nobody can give you an accurate price. And so we try and do a great job explaining that. And, you know, sometimes we do better than others. I'm going to keep it real. Um, But the bottom line is they think that every technician is created equal or mechanic. I don't care. You know, I'm not too good to say, hey, I'm a mechanic. Um, And, and, it's like that in every industry out there. Not every brick mason's the same. Not every electrician's the same. Not every doctor's the same. Nurse is the same, etc. And so you think that what you're paying for here is the same thing that you're going to get over here, but maybe it's more expensive over here. And it's the same. You're you're comparing apples to apples, and it really isn't. It truly isn't. Um, there's tons of stuff that I see over the years and have had learned the hard way that, uh, you know, why it is we do this as an industry or why we do it as a shop, as a technician, as a service advisor is so doggone important. And yes, you may be able to, and I had a guy here the other day say, oh, I can have such and such service done over there for $200 less. Well, the bottom line is you don't get me over there. And I realize that makes me sound just absolutely like I am the, you know, the the creme de la creme. 
um, or our guys are, but that's, it's the cold, hard truth. You know, you don't get a James, you don't get a Harlan, you don't get a Darren, you don't get a Jason, you don't get a, and I can keep going down the list and basically I'm naming our ACE technicians that we've got and the folks and the service advisors. That's the, the accuracy is worth so much more than 200 bucks in my opinion. And as you have gotten to see kind of behind the scenes more than most folks of our facilities, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. But the reason and the motivation of how we deal with those mistakes and how it grows our company. Um, Sarah, how long have we been kind of working together? Oh, probably about five years now. Wow. Time flies. (laughs) And prior to that, you have probably even got to see a change in me uh, doing the show here with you now, co-host here, which is fantastic. Um, And our company as well, because you've done different things in our facility. Um, We're at a point now that a lot of the the A-level technicians are looking to come to be a part of A1 Custom Car Care versus me having to be like, hey, you know, we have a job opening, blah, 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 and trying to uh, you know, entice people to come to work for us. A lot of times we have folks that are, I don't want to say on a waiting list, but I have technicians that say, Hey, when you have an opening, I'm not, I'm not liking what's going on here. I want to come be a part of what you guys got going on because they, they see that in the industry, if you are not growing and changing and adapting and enjoying what you do, they're going to get flushed out of the industry and they don't want to do that. Just like, I don't want to do that. How does that feel when you walk into one of our facilities? Does any of that uh, call me out right here on the show, if you will, if if you feel or see something different at any one of our locations? You know, it real it matters to me where the technicians come from. I have spent a lot of time at the shop lately. Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of the technicians. Some of them I knew quite a bit better than the others, mm-hmm. but um, they all kind of have a similar experience. They all have come from places that didn't necessarily um, value their worth or they were overworked or underpaid. They came from places that um, maybe didn't ethically do things that they were okay with. Sure. And they come to work and they go to A1 Custom Car Care and they are happy there. And they were looking for somebody that's going to value them. They're going to appreciate them. They're going to listen and understand. And they're going to do things ethically correct. And I have found that even though everybody's background is a little bit different there, it's all kind of really the same story. And that says a lot about A1 Custom Car Mm -hmm. Care, to me at least, as a consumer, because I know that Every single person there is wanting something. They were wanting the best that they could have in the industry, and they found it in A1. Man, I, that it, it's a big deal to me. I've shared this story from time to time. When I got out of trade school, I went to Monette, Missouri uh, Vocational School um, while I was going to high school. Uh, Greg Allen was my instructor. Guy is a rock star. I'm sure he's retired at this point, but I, I'm thankful every day about what he was able to you know, impart on me. And when I got out of my vocational school, I was doing construction, trying to make the bills, you know, live life. And I had four job offers, um, A1 being one of them. So anywhere that I filled out an application, I got an interview and I got an offer, which was awesome. That's a great place to be. But when I talked or got to visit with anybody else that was at those facilities, 
the closest veteran uh, employee or long-term employee, if you will, was six months at any of those locations. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's just how it is. So A1 was uh, second to last that I interviewed and got an offer from. And when I talked to their folks, the closest new employee was 15 years. The rest of them were 20, 22, 25, 30. And even uh, after I started with the company, we had a gentleman retire after 44 years with the company. And I'm like, okay, something's different here. And they actually had or kind of made an apprentice program for me. And I was supposed to apprentice for two years. Well, in about six months, they figured out that I was a little bit further along than where they, you know, anticipated an apprentice to be. And I was on full rotation commission. And then after that, they figured out that I will not tolerate not continuing my education. And I actually quit them. Did you know that? Did I, I ever did. show you that? I did, that? yeah. And so evidently that rung a bell. I had been with them right at about a year. I was lured away by another company. They handed me the keys to a brand new four-wheel drive diesel F-350, which I really love. I love that truck to this day. And uh, I was doing mobile roadside diesel service and did really well at it. But I found that I had traded and went to work for the devil. It was a bad, bad decision. And I had kind of had that feeling before I uh, finished my two weeks. And I had already given that man my word, so I was going to give it an honest shot. And after about six months, I would made a promise to Lois, which Lois and Kenny own the company, fantastic folks, that if I uh, if it didn't work out, that I would call her back. And I didn't want to eat that crow, you know. I didn't want to have to, you know, eat my words. So I had went out and I had interviewed and got three other job offers again before I called her. And before I accepted any one of those offers, I said, well, I gave her my word that I would call her. And so I did. And in about 10 minutes, she had it worked out. So I put my notice in, came back. Um, But what I've never forgotten is it's not always about the money. It's not always about the F-350, four-door, four-wheel drive, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fill in the blank with whatever you want. It's about being a part of something. And as long as you are in a good, like-minded establishment, the money and the finances will take care of itself. And it truly has. I've been back probably 17, 18 years. I hope all of you out there have found something like that and you love it just as much as I do. We do need to take one more break, and we'll wrap things up in a nice little bow right after this. Welcome back. You've got Dustin and Sarah here. Sarah, what do you think the next year is going to look like in the automotive field? Just in general. We ain't even got to make it towards the automotive field. I know the hot topic is transitory inflation. What do you? What is your initial feeling when you hear those words? It just stresses me out. Yeah, I am just at an awe at how quickly somebody can mess up an entire country. It is amazing. It feels like it's been ten years. It just really stresses me out. I'm a young voter, and yeah. this is just—it's crazy. I don't know how anybody could have voted for him. I—I I don't either. I I truly, truly don't either. But talking about the automotive industry, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's one of two ways that it could go. Mm -hmm. One, we could actually catch up on 
the chips yeah. and start putting vehicles out. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can't be putting 2020 and 2021 models out right. at base price. I mean, you could mm-hmm. for a while. In the then, beginning, I think they'll be yeah. able to. And But then you're going to have 2022s, 2023s coming in and playing catch up. And you can't be putting them at the same price, I don't think. I think you framed that perfectly. And that's kind of, I guess, I was hopefully that's where we were going to go. Um, you know, we can all, we all dwell on the, I can't believe that this is the state of the world yeah. at this point, um, which is important. I'm not saying that it, it's not, but I am kind of focused on, okay, well, what do we do about it? And so that's kind of my idea of planning. Hey, you know, what do we do? We fix what we got for right now. We protect what we have for right now. And we plan that down the road that, you know, there's going to be a surplus, all this crap that's sitting off the coast is going to eventually make it here into everybody's uh, consumables or you'll be able to get it or obtain it. And so they're going to be a surplus. So all of the Halloween decorations that hasn't showed up at the stores, have you noticed that at all? Have you been in any big box stores lately? I have. And I've also noticed, and this has been a big thing on the news, um, like turkeys. Yeah. For Thanksgiving. They're one almost 50 bucks for a turkey at certain stores I saw, if they have them. That blows my mind. Now, I know that my parents, they had started looking for one. Mm-hmm. They have a deep freeze. Yep. So they thought, you know, go ahead and get one, you know. And they had to go. They went to Springfield, couldn't find any. Yeah. And so they had to go to a smaller town on mm-hmm. the outskirts, and they found one. But some of the prices were outrageous oh, on yeah. them. And and being proactive, I think they probably did a great job getting it early because, A, you won't be able to get it, and, B, if you do, you're going to pay dearly for it. That's that's going to transcend across everything right now. I stopped into a Dollar General yesterday, and, and I'm not, I don't want to, like, panic anybody by no means. They had plenty of things on the shelves. But what they didn't have was the seasonal decorations that they normally have. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And I guarantee there's a ton of that crap floating offshore right now that just hasn't made it in. So when it does make it in, people are not going to be able to store it. So there's going to be some crazy sales and deals buying that out of season. I think Christmas is going to be the exact same way. Uh, there's going to be some things that if you don't order it now, you won't get it. And in, once it does come in, there's going to be some deals. So this is going to be automotive industry. This is going to be uh, construction industry, novelties, electronics. I guess there's a big shortage of electronics at the moment. But it's all sitting offshore, and eventually it's all going to come home to roost, and there's going to be some deals to be had. So you're going to have to pay attention out there. With your vehicle stuff, um, we are doing our very level best to be as creative as possible to source parts and components that are needed to fix broken stuff normally and make sure that we have everything we need in surplus in order to uh, be as proactive and maintain it as possible. So the informed consumer across the board is one of the most important things, and I cannot stress that enough. If you have a vehicle that you are not planning on replacing anytime soon, I cannot stress it enough that you need to make sure you're keeping it on the road. And if it's doing something funny or different than it's ever done before, you need to get it in. Whether it's us or you have a trusted repair facility that's not us, I don't care. I'll be real honest. Um, if you get in a situation where your trusted repair facility can't get to the bottom of it, 
We have the folks that can and make sure that we are keeping it going. But if you're in a time crunch and you need your vehicle, um, we're going to have to be as proactive as possible about it because the waiting on parts and availability is a struggle. Now, we are probably doing better than most because we've got some amazing connections throughout the industry, which I'm so thankful for. And those are from years of previous um, cultivating those relationships, if you will, and opening doors that a lot of smaller facilities maybe can't or won't or don't have the ability to. That's a big, big deal. The third or second thing, Sarah, do we have a few minutes here? I don't want to open a big ball of wax. What do you feel about having a spare vehicle in your household? I am a strong uh, proponent, um, if you will. That was actually our original goal. Uh After we purchased our house, we were going to start truck shopping for Ryan. Okay. And it's always kind of been in the plan. Uh, We just didn't want it to happen like this. And uh, the Danger Ranger was supposed to be kind of like our farm truck. The vehicle that, you know, kind of takes the beating, that do the jobs that you don't necessarily want your brand new truck to do. So that was going to be our thing. Okay. Essentially. So, for the record, we're going to put this out in the airwaves. You know that I can fix the Danger Ranger. I right? know you can. It's just. I get it. It's just we've got a lot going on. We I need get something it. with four wheel drive. I just want to make sure we put that out there that yes. I can fix that Danger Ranger I know. when you're ready. Not to get off the spare vehicle um, part of it, I am a little bit probably worse than most. I have like spare, extra, extra, extra because I think one is none and two is one and five is even better than two you know, kind of thing. Uh, my point for everybody out there is if, and there's a lot of families that do this as well. Um, they have a spare loner, the loner. Did you ever see the mask with Jim Carrey? Mm-hmm. The loner. Do you remember that part of it where they go into the crusty, greasy shop and he's like, he needs the loner. And it was just this hunk of garbage. <laughs> it was so bad. I need to look that up and remember what kind of vehicle that was. But anyway, we have kids driving, Stacy and I, obviously, so we keep a spare extra loaner. Um, and the importance and the reason that I bring that up is if you have a spare vehicle that maybe hasn't been started in a while, hasn't been driven in a while, hasn't had fresh fuel or fluids um, serviced in it in a while, you definitely don't want to wait until you have to have that vehicle because sitting is one of the hardest things on a vehicle, even harder than putting many, 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 many miles on it. So if it's sitting out in the pasture and it's your old farm truck, etc., you need to make sure you're driving it, putting some good fuel in it, some stabilizer, etc., 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 because right now your primary vehicle may have to go in for service, and if you've got to wait on a component that is not easily accessible, you want to make sure and have the backup vehicle that you can immediately put into service, okay? So I'm talking to a lot of you out there. I do this as well. I'm not I'm not above this. Um, I've got some small engines that I haven't started in a while, and every time I need one, which right now is my log splitter, I haven't had my splitter running since last year. I know, tisk tisk tisk. I'm going to have to do some work on it to get it going. So these extra pieces of equipment that you have out here, uh, whether it's a vehicle or small engine stuff, just do the extra care. You will thank me later. Um, start it, take it to the store, let it run, make sure it's in good shape, make sure the heating 
uh, the heat defrost works going into winter. Um, we always get a lot of those that, uh, hey, I have no heat and I didn't know it. Um, so we got to make sure and fix that. Uh, but I would love to fix the Danger Ranger down the road. When you guys are ready. It will happen. Um, I will gladly put some blood, sweat, and tears in there to make sure that yep. that thing's a good option long term for you guys. Um, I have had some vehicles. I know Ryan's had that one for a long time. I think it was right after I graduated. I have a little four-wheel drive Mazda pickup that's mm -hmm. been sitting a while. Um, the mice got into the wiring, uh -oh. so I got to fix that. That was not a problem when I started uh, or or let it sit. Um, that is a good, I don't, we don't have a ton of time. Uh, but right now, especially if you live in the rural areas and you have a vehicle that sits, um, you need to be proactive because the mice will eat the wiring up on that thing. Uh, some zest, the green bars of soap, the zestfully clean, cut a few of those and throw them around under the hood in areas that will be safe. That scent will keep the mice away. That's kind of a good tip. Um, one of the best ones I ever saw was some folks with a motorhome. There were potpourri bags zip tied all over the underneath of this motorhome. Huh. And I forgot even what service I was doing, but I went back in there and I asked the guy, I said, I got to ask, what's with the potpourri? And he said, it's to keep the mice away. That's smart. It is. And right now, as the seasons change, they're looking for an area to nest. So don't be a victim to that. We do do a lot of repairs on that. We have the ability to fix it, but it's always easier not to. Uh, Sarah, what else you got? Well, I just wanted to let you know that it was a 1951 Studebaker You're champion. Awesome. You're um, so fantastic. They said that when it falls apart on the bridge, however, it's a 1950 wow. Studebaker Commander. I love it. I so, love it. There you go. There's your uh, technical details. <laughs> well done. Well yep. done. All right. Well, that is our show. Excellent. So, of course, if you have any questions, it doesn't matter how big or small, you can shoot us a text, 447-5743. You can also reach out to us on Facebook. Dustin, I hope you have a really good day you today. As well. Thanks, right. Sarah. Bye. See ya.